Hello, welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. My name's Simon Thompson, host of the show, and we're at episode number 74. I can hardly believe it. We've been doing this for almost three years now, and we're having a great time doing it. We love interviewing other Merakians, but also guests from our customers, our partner community, our technology partners as well. And, you know, we really have put together, I think, a whole bunch of really great material. So if you're not already a subscriber, well, you know the routine. Uh, if you've got your favorite podcast app open on your phone or your device of choice, uh, just hit that subscribe button. We'd love to get these episodes out to you. And we do so uh, every two weeks. So we maintain quite a good cadence here. A uh, lot of content to get through. And in this episode, we're going on to some technology. And uh, we really want to make sure that we're keeping you abreast of what we're doing uh, on the technology front as we advance forwards, because you know it never stops. And our focus on this episode is all on Wi-Fi. We have now got a brand new extension to our Wi-Fi 6 standard, and we're really excited to get into talking about that today. And to help me with that discussion, I would like to bring back, welcome back to the podcast, uh, Samil. How are you doing, Samil? Hey, Simon. Thank you. Uh, doing great. Uh, enjoying the California weather. Uh, I really appreciate uh, coming back to this forum. I can't remember what the topic was that we touched on last time. Can you? Um, I think, I believe it was around Wi-Fi 6, if I'm not wrong. Or maybe Meraki Health. It was one of those two. It's been a Meraki while. Meraki Health actually rings a bell. So that's that's actually um, a really, really nice feature we implemented on the Meraki dashboard for, for monitoring the health of those networks. Um, that was a one, I think, definitely. I can't remember the episode number, though. So um, if we dig back through the description, I'm sure you'll find it. Um so, um, Samil, tell us about uh, yourself. Let's remind us uh, who you are. What do you do for Meraki? So, I've been with Meraki for almost five years now. Um, I've recently taken on the role of the leader for the product management team for the wireless products. And I've been doing all things wireless uh, at Meraki. And recently, the team has been busy uh, with uh, creating quite a buzz uh, with the new Wi-Fi 60 standard and our new uh, products that we are, our new product that we are launching. Yes, we are certainly going to be hearing all about that. Um, I think the reason we wanted to put this episode together is because uh, I think we've been only just, it feels like only yesterday we were talking about Wi-Fi 6 and we're already now talking about Wi-Fi 6E. Uh, so we wanted to just really spend a bit of time uh, understanding what has changed and just what new opportunities that opens up for for our customers and uh, and really just how it moves the whole story of Wi-Fi forwards. You know, this technology now has been with us for, what, 25 years, I think, at this point for Wi-Fi thereabouts. Uh, and it's amazing how many standards iterations we've been through. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's the, the performance now is such that I don't see many people plugging in anymore. So, uh, you know, it really needs to be good and especially needs to be good in those high-density settings. So to help us uh, understand the context of this, you know, Wi-Fi 6, when did that come in? That was uh, about three years ago, thereabouts. Is that right? Yeah, I believe uh, Wi-Fi 6 showed up in uh, the 2018-2019 timeframe. Mm. Uh, at, at about that time, the product started to show up. And you're right. I think it's been, it's been a fairly quick uh, technology change uh, with 6E. But uh, it's not a whole lot that has changed. Uh, there's an addition. I think more importantly, that's that's uh, the important key takeaway. It's it's not a standard change. It's actually expanding the standard into right. a brand new spectrum uh, with Wi-Fi 6E. 
Yes, I did see that, and I and I that was a really important point because it's so easy. We get lazy with our language, all of us, and um, and so it's easy to think that six e is a new standard. It's not a new standard; it's an extension to the standard. We did the same thing with Wi-Fi five, I believe. Um, right, we had Wave one and Wave two, which are basically just versions of the same standard uh, once again. So, uh, so what's the history of this? Like, what what um, what drove six e to come into existence? So, um, you know, FCC opened up some additional spectrum for us, which was 1200 megahertz. Um, and that has happened, I think, only twice uh, in the history of Wi-Fi. Uh, the first one was when FCC allowed the use of five gigahertz uh, spectrum mm -hmm. for Wi-Fi. And that happened in, I believe, early 2000s. And here we are in 2022 um, when, you know, uh, the FCC has allowed uh, additional spectrum. Well, it, they did not approve in 2022, but we are in 2022 now. It, it happened, um, you know, a few months or maybe a year ago. So uh, definitely there was a new spectrum approved. And to give you a, uh, information on how big that was, um, today 5 gigahertz uses up to, I believe, 800 megahertz of spectrum. And in the six gigahertz, uh, FCC has allowed uh, 1200 megahertz of spectrum. Mm. So even more capacity. Um, this has now been adopted, uh, I believe, in more than 40 countries. Um, and they're, they're starting to allow more and more spectrum as well. Um, if you look at the Meraki documentation around 6E, you can see a link uh, to the WFA website to where they document which countries are allowing how much spectrum. Right. And that is important to know because, of course, we do have an international audience here. Um, and, and yes, it's true. I, here in the US and a couple of other countries, I think we've got that full 1200 megahertz of, of um, spectrum available there. Um, the six gigahertz thing is important, though, isn't it? Because like you said, we, we made that transition from 2.4 to five gigahertz. And I I'm old enough to remember that fairly clearly, actually, still. And we had all kinds of fun getting, uh, you know, client devices move forward. And and that's one of the really interesting ones because we're now at the stage of doing that all over again. We're doing it with um, AX. So that's the that's Wi-Fi 6. And still to this day, not a huge number of client devices. I think Apple's made that move, but, but a lot of other vendors are still in the process of updating their chipsets to support uh, Wi-Fi 6. And here we are, once again, we're talking about another uh, completely different set of spectrum um, to support that. So you know, it's 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 clear that we move things forward on the infrastructure side uh, before client devices, but this is huge, right? This this spectrum is is pretty amazing. What they've added, it's it's definitely huge. And I think we we jokingly say, you know, how the industry used to treat twenty and forty megahertz and five uh, gigahertz spectrum mm -hmm. channel widths. Now now we're saying that you know maybe forty megahertz becomes a new twenty, and eighty megahertz becomes a new forty. Or um, I believe it was 80 megahertz becomes a new 20 and 160 megahertz becomes a new 40 mm -hmm. because there's just so much bandwidth allowed um, and there's just so much, uh, you know, uh, uh, RF space that you can use. Right. And that, that's huge, again, for those high density environments. We always, of course, think about um, enterprises, but there are plenty of other use cases. We'll come on to the use cases uh, a little bit later on. But yeah, it's it's exciting. And I, I do remember with 2.4, I mean, to this day, it's still used quite extensively. But it, because it was the early, wide, most widely adopted standard, it got super congested. 
And uh, so I remember the early days of five gigahertz, how excited I was to be in this kind of free air that felt like it was completely unspoiled. Nobody else was in there. Everybody else was messing around trying to compete with each other on 2.4. And there I was on five gig. And I guess we got to that point where uh, even with five gig, it's, it's, you know, it's getting more and more saturated all the time, right? Yep. Yeah. So then I'm excited to see what uh, what this is going to bring us. And, and it's amazing, really, again, for for the FCC to have opened up so much additional spectrum. I mean, that's that's uh, a quite a big jump from from where we were at before. So we, we sort of touched on why we need this thing. Why? Why do we actually care about uh, about advancing the standard onwards? It does sound like it's a lot to do with congestion and availability. We're always wanting everything to be faster. We're more and more reliant on Wi-Fi. Um, so, you know, get, talk about some of the other advances that have happened with 6E, you know, beyond the bandwidth. What else is this uh, this extension to the standard bringing us? So um, there, there's a few things uh, to keep in mind with 6E. Um, uh, security is one key aspect that, you know, you have to keep in mind. Um, uh, till, till Wi-Fi 6, I think, um, you know, uh, WPA3 was optional. WPA2 was fairly standard in the industry and WPA3 was optional. But with 6C, on 6 gigahertz, what the uh, standards body has uh, said is you have to use WPA3. And, you know, right. that makes it more secure. Uh, so basically, there's, there's more security embedded now uh, that you will have to adhere to. Uh, the other thing you, you keep mentioning about congestion, one of the biggest challenges that we've had in uh, Wi-Fi 1 or Prime through 6, um, if you're keeping track of all the names, is that uh, it has always been backward compatible. Um, mm, uh, yes. It has its pros and cons. While that means, you know, the slower devices can also slow you down. Uh, but also that means you have a broader impact or coverage as well. But with Wi-Fi 6, uh, you know, they they have said that, you know, you have to support Wi-Fi 6 only. And in 6 gigahertz, you cannot be backwards compatible. So there's a, there's a couple of points to keep in mind um, about, you know, the support for the technology in the 6 gigahertz spectrum. So, so um, just, just to be clear on that, uh, the, 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 the leaving behind of backwards compatibility, is that 6E or, did, or was that with 6? Uh, that is specific to 6E. Right. So with Wi-Fi 6, uh, you use uh, the same technology, albeit in the 5 gigahertz. And mm -hmm. there, you know, you support Wi-Fi 1 through 5 uh, as well. Uh, but when you go to 6E, it's basically the same technology used in 6 gigahertz. That's limited only to Wi-Fi 6. Right. Got it. Okay. So security... Uh, and we've talked there about the, uh, the backwards compatibility. Um, anything else we've missed? Um, not really. Um, you know what, um, as I mentioned, um, 80 is the new 20 and, uh, right. 60 is the new, uh, 40, uh, just in to quantify this, there are 14 new 80 megahertz channels and there are seven new 160 megahertz channels. Right. So that's, um, that's a whole lot, uh, to put that 1200 megahertz in perspective. Um, once again, all of this is documented in our 60 FAQ on the Meraki documentation website. So, you know, uh, customers or anybody that, you know, just wants to get more information can look at the documentation as well. 
So, I mean, that's all. That's good to know. And uh, wonderful that we have that uh, that documentation uh, ready to go. So good place. And we'll, we'll come back to that and we'll, we'll include that at the end as well because we want to make sure that uh, everybody who's listening who's interested in this gets an opportunity to have all the questions answered that they may have about this this new extension to the standard. I'm really being careful not to say new standard uh, as, as we go through this. Uh, so, you know, we touched on this a little bit, but who needs this? It sounds like everybody might benefit from it in some way, but but who do we think of as the as the people who are really going to benefit the most from this uh, this additional spectrum? I think there's there's a few different ways uh, where this will come up. Um, you know, uh, one of the use cases that comes up is uh, high density. There's a wide um, you know uh, need for capacity um, in the venues. And now, especially after the pandemic, now everybody's going to come back to the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody wants to post those pictures and tell the world that they're mobile too, maybe. Um, and, you know, post things on Instagram uh, or Facebook. And so that means real capacity is needed, um, you know, for, for concert halls. Uh, you know, they might be streaming something or some experiences that they want to enable that might need uh, the additional capacity. So, uh, in places like these, you know, as the newer phones come out with the technology supported, it enables additional capacity for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just one way of looking at it. The, one of the other use cases is if you think about some of the larger enterprises, right? Um, everybody's returning back to office. But I think uh, we all have seen enough articles that have said uh, the the workplace is definitely changed forever. It's, it's going to be hybrid. Uh, what that means is, uh, before when you join meetings remotely, people used to, you know, have their cameras turned off. I was just talking to someone about this. Now the etiquette has changed. People actually apologize if their cameras are not turned on. Right. So true. there's an implicit assumption that, you know, you, you should have cameras turned on when you're joining a meeting virtually, be that at your desk or at your home. And that means is even if you're doing that from your office, from your desk, um, that latency requirement is there. Uh, the needs for the network are there. Um, customers are probably thinking about going fully mobile. Uh, some customers are already doing it, but now for the larger masses, um, thinking about you know that uh, OS upgrades happening over Wi-Fi, those are large files you're trying to move. So the capacity requirements are really going up. And not just enterprises, if you think about some of you know virtual learning, they might also come under enterprises, but virtual learning. Um, <clears throat> Those are the kind of experiences that you have to think about. And for larger enterprises, that means you need more capacity. And, you know, 6E can help solve some of those. The devices will start to show up, uh, hopefully, you know, later in the year, once the supply chain crisis is relatively under control, God knows when, but uh, that's definitely uh, one area. And then if you really think about higher ed, people are also coming back to classes. Um, I split it out from enterprise because, you know, higher ed may have some different requirements, but... um, that's one area. And some retail. Uh, Metaverse is taking off. I think everybody's hearing about the Metaverse. Mm. Um, you may be, uh, uh, you know, retail vendors want may want to provide some experiences there. Uh, if you think about Best Buy, if they're trying to sell, uh, you know, AR, VR gadgets, they want to enable those experiences. And to have those 4K experiences, you really have to provide, you know, uh, that capacity. Right. Uh, and to power those 4K experiences, you need that capacity. So these are a few ways that you know customers may think about uh, you know deploying and needing the technology. Mm. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because you because it's very easy when you get used to your tools, you think, okay, well, I've got everything I'm ever going to need. This is fine. 
but then the quality of it steadily increases over time. You get a faster computer. It has a better quality webcam that that drives more data requirement. I've noted myself because I've been shopping recently for a for a laptop, and I noted that uh, you know there's there's all these differences in the in the cameras built in, and but the standards are getting higher and higher. So it's more and more um, throughput all the time, and so all of this in aggregate. It, you know, you can see what kind of difference it makes. I mean, even software updates. I just, uh, you know, we, they're getting really big now. Software the size of some of these software updates we receive on uh, on our devices, huge. And if you think about the impact uh, across a, a, an enterprise situation or a high density Wi-Fi deployment, it's it's a big deal. So it's sort of like you're leapfrogging all the time and and just trying to stay ahead of it as much as you can. Uh, with that, so those are great ones, and and like you said, metaverse and and this uh, augmented reality technology. I mean, it's really exciting what's coming, and and then these this hybrid office situation that we're not going to go back to exactly the way it was before, uh, but the people who are on site are going to be driving more data than they were before because they've got to connect to all the people who are working remotely. So there's going to be more video flying around your network. Uh, and once again, everybody's doing it wirelessly. So, uh, so here comes the Wi-Fi once again. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for sharing those. And and uh, you know, as with all technology, there's always going to be a few challenges, uh, bits and pieces that we need to think about as well. So, any kind of gotchas that we should share around, um, you know, how easy it is to deploy this. I mean, I think we want to talk about the our actual implementation of it ourselves, our own product, and and maybe that's where we pivot to that. Yeah, so um, I, I'll first talk about some of the things to be aware of uh, with this technology uh, because that, that's really important uh, because that really guides uh, you know, uh, some of the design uh, thinking. And um, there's a few things there. So first of all, you cannot deploy uh, 6 gigahertz at the max power uh, that the standard allows. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's, a two, there's a tiered system there. So there's, there's a low power uh, mode and there's a standard power mode. Uh, low power mode, um, I believe it has, is at around seven, uh, 17 dBm um, that's available. And low power mode can be used uh, on indoor APs without external antennas. The keyword is without. Mm. So APs have to be integrated. Uh, oh, sorry, the antennas have to be integrated. Right. And that's important because when you're looking at deploying some of these APs, um, you know, um, what uh, power you can use and can you use six gigahertz is extremely important. Now, that brings the question, what about outdoor antennas or what about APs with external antennas? Mm. So for APs with external antennas or outdoor APs need um, a system which we refer to as AFC system, which is automated frequency coordination. Um, um we're working closely with the standards body and following the developments, uh, but that AFC system isn't finalized yet. Right. So today in the market, you will see mostly um, APs with integrated antennas that can be used indoors. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this is six gigahertz has some licensed uh, spectrum that is used outside. And we want to ensure that there's no uh, interference with those uh, spectrum uh, with those deployments. Right. And so we've kept uh, the TX power capped uh, for indoor and for outdoor and external antennas, uh, we want to be uh, more cautious or the industry or FCC uh, or the regulatory bodies want to be more cautious as they approve uh, regulations for those. 
so you will hear more updates uh, as again uh, all of this is documented uh, in our documentation and that brings us to how easy it is to deploy um, i've already talked about the security aspect so i'm not going to cover that again but when it comes to ease of deployment i think with meraki 60 is going to be the same experience, uh, effortless, zero touch experience that we want to enable it for our customers. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, uh, we we have the same thing with 60. Uh, we have extended that. I'm I'm excited to hear about the uh, the actual product itself. Uh, albeit this is an audio only podcast, we're still going to describe it in as much detail as we can. And and it's good to know about that power thing as well because. Uh, my recollection is that, that, that that's also part of what varies internationally. And so different different countries may have different uh, approaches to um, both the frequencies you're allowed to use, but also the power levels uh, that you're allowed to use. So uh, it does sound like an important part of, of getting, that, uh, getting that right. Yes, and that's where some of the ease of deployment comes into picture, right? Like Meraki ships a single SKU worldwide. And um, the power to, uh, the power limits, all of that is managed to the cloud and made available. Mm -hmm. And so if and when regulatory changes uh, change, uh, we keep track of that and we make it available to our customers. Right. Uh, through our cloud right. That's right. You just select the country that you're deploying it in, right? That's it. And the, and the yep. cloud does the rest. Yep. And with that, I think uh, we talked about the product uh, or having a new product. Uh, we recently, you know, announced our new Wi-Fi 6C Premier Access Point, which is the MR57. Mm. Uh, that's the first uh, 6C Access Point that we're launching with. And uh, if you haven't, check out YouTube with the uh, promo video. Uh, we re we're really excited. Uh, it's, a, it's a cool video. I loved it. I've probably watched it hundreds of times already <laughs> uh, to see how that AP is, the shape and the form factor. There's, there's quite a few things, uh, you know, it's uh, changed. that are actually coming with the AP. The design has changed, hasn't it? So we, we, we uh, Meraki, I think we've had, this is our third significant, um, really significant design format like the uh, the early APs were in a sort of a portrait rectangle then we shifted to a, a more of a landscape rectangle uh, and now it's it, it looks sort of a bit square is it is it square it is uh, more square yes uh, it, it has a more uh, you know squarish look uh, and feel um, and but there's a reason why uh, because mm. uh, we are moving over to using a universal mount on the APs and you know uh, with that we have to take some design considerations but it's not just any universal mount we are actually uh, moving over to support the cisco universal mount which has been used for the last 15 years oh wow or maybe even more i i don't even remember when that thing was launched it's it's pretty old um but i think a lot of customers deploy cisco ap's and now you know uh, they can deploy this ap even more effortlessly um Deploying through cloud management was effortless already, and now deploying in the field is also effortless. If nice. I, I like that. Yeah, and and I've already had a customer tell me about how excited they are about this. It seems it doesn't seem that exciting if you're into the kind of uh, the standards and the and the Wi-Fi technology itself. But somebody's actually got to go and put these things up on a wall and and replace the ones that were there before. It's pretty labor intensive. Uh, to do that, and especially so if you have to change the bracket that, that uh, actually attaches to the wall as well. So 15 years—that's that's pretty impressive. Um, that's that's a that's a good story when we think about 
trying to operate in a more sustainable way. We were talking about that a couple of episodes ago in terms of data centers and sensors. Um, and sustainability covers so many different areas. But essentially, if we're reducing effort and we're reducing time and money being spent and energy being spent, it's a good thing. So I'm loving that. Yeah, and, and since you mentioned sustainability, right, um, we we have added a USB port. Um, and that's a new for the MR access points. I don't think the access points, the, uh, the Meraki access points have had a USB port before, and that's a very new one. Uh, we're looking forward to enabling additional applications uh, using the USB port. Uh, one such uh, we've already enabled uh, with our partnership with SES Imagotag. Um, the the SES Imagotag partnership, though, is using our inbuilt uh, Bluetooth low energy radio, uh, which we are now calling as IoT radio. Um, but that enables customers to deploy digital shelf labeling um, and oh, wow. you know leverage the IoT radio. And with the USB, uh, you know that can be expanded to even more applications that can drive sustainable, um, you know, initiatives for our customers. So really keeping that green uh, uh, initiative for our customers in mind and providing a scalable way to help our customers. Not to mention the cost savings, because if if you don't need to deploy a secondary Ethernet cable just to deploy an additional gateway for some of these things. Mm -hmm. You know, that's cost-saving for our customers too. It is, absolutely. And and, and reducing boxes has always been uh, part of our mantra. And I, I, I love hearing about this because th this is just reminding me of some of the other ways in which we are opening up the Meraki platform to enable others to, you know, build on top of it and to come up with innovative new uses for the technology. Uh, we talked about a couple of those on the podcast. We've got more coming on that as well. The APIs also enable that to happen. And so it's amazing the, the size and breadth of the technology partner community now that we have really taking advantage of what Meraki provides as a platform for their own uh, development. So super excited yes. about that area. So I know we've talked about the universal mount and the USB port, but the actual product, I think I, I want to take a minute to talk about the actual specs of the mm, product. Yes. And I think it's a, it's a Penta radio architecture. That means it has five radios. Um, and so it has the standard 2.456 gigahertz radios uh, for client connectivity. Uh, but it also has our you know, uh, dedicated scanning radio, which can do uh, all three bands, by mm -hmm. the way, 2.456 gigahertz, and uh, the dedicated Bluetooth low energy radio that I mentioned, or the IoT radio uh, that I mentioned. So it's a Penta radio architecture uh, that is available. And one thing, uh, one additional thing that's actually coming with the AP is that six gigahertz AP can be used as either a five gigahertz or a six gigahertz AP. What that means is there are two modes that this AP can be used in, mm. uh, 2.455 and a 2.456. So if you don't have a lot of 6 gigahertz devices today, that's fine. You can use it in 2.455 mode uh, or dual 5 gigahertz mode, which also, by the way, is a net new feature on the Meraki product line. Or you can you know, go to 2.456 and support the new 6 gigahertz devices. So... No matter which right. bucket you fall under, there's investment protection for today and, uh, you know, future-proofing your network for tomorrow. That's really nice. I, I like that we're considering that. And, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, if we're, if we're only able to uh, 
uh, support certain brand new devices with uh, with this standard, then you know it makes sense rather than having to keep on replacing those APs all the time uh, to just be able to flip the mode that the thing is working in once you hit a critical mass of uh, of devices in your uh, in your enterprise. So that makes that makes good sense as well. Yeah, and the last thing is uh, I think. Um, as I mentioned, a lot of these use cases are, are supporting now critical uh, services and having the network up and available is critical. And in order to ensure that we are able to support our customers provide this, we are adding a dual POE as well. Mm. Uh, the dual POE provides uh, a lot of, uh, you know, interesting or supports a lot of interesting use cases because... Um, the first thing is, you know, you know, now you can have two PoE ports uh, plugging into the AP. Right. So if one goes down, the other one can power the AP. And that way, you know, your Wi-Fi stays up uh, and any services that are running on the Wi-Fi stay up. So that, that redundancy is provided to the last mile in activity as well. Uh, the other factor is, um, obviously, now you, you know, have a whole new radio. Uh, going into the AP mm-hmm. and the power consumption is going to increase. Uh, so a fully functional AP with a USB port obviously needs higher power and it needs the uh, 802.3BT or UPoE power. And customers may not have switches for that. Uh, and you know, switching upgrades might be another thing that you may have to think about. Mm-hmm. And so if, if customers want to delay the switching upgrades, uh, they can use the dual PoE uh, while they upgrade the switches. Um, and that's one other consideration also. Um, for customers that don't want to use USB, uh, this AP can operate in PoE Plus uh, with all the Wi-Fi radios and the scanning and the uh, IoT radio. So um, it's, it's one of the few APs on the market that can actually do that uh, at the premium end. So that's definitely a pro there. Uh, but if customers want to use USB, there's a couple of options. They can either use a BT single port or they can use dual PoE to combine the power uh, mm-hmm. and also get the redundancy at the same time. Wow. All bases covered. Um, and, and I like that story as well. You know, again, talking about sustainability, um, we want to make sure we get the lifetime out of our assets that we've we've uh, invested in. And switches, although they don't get as much love as Wi-Fi, I mean, they're so vital to um, to all of this capability behind the scenes. And and of course, you know, you may not want to replace switches at the same time as the access point. So you know, it sounds as though we've got a pathway once again. Same as with the client support. Uh, for customers as they evolve their own uh, infrastructure, so that's that's really nice. You know what? Um, I've got a question around the um, the USB port. This is USB C. Uh, no, this is a USB A, I believe. Okay, uh, that's what they call it. You know, the question um, I always get asked about these whenever we include those is, can I charge my phone with it? <laughs> <laughs> the, the USB port will be off by default, right. and um, network admins have to turn it on. Uh, we explicitly don't want to use this port to charge phones uh, because then you mean you'll have wires hanging off of the ceilings uh, with uh, right. charging ports hanging off of them. That's not a good sight. Not I recommended. Definitely not recommended. Um, okay. Well, this. I mean, I love what you've told me about this uh, this product. It's. Uh, it sounds as though it's a lot of thought has gone into into making it the best. A possible option for customers, both in terms of supporting the new extension to the standard, but also just in terms of the practicality of of deploying it as well. And 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 thank you for reminding me about the old scanning radio. We've been talking about that since I uh, I, I started with Meraki, which is an embarrassingly long time ago now. Um, 
and it's it's easy to forget that that in, in itself you know carries quite some value when it comes to ensuring that your Wi-Fi network is operating in the way that you had intended it to, and that you're able to detect any potential threats that are coming onto that uh, that Wi-Fi network as well. So, it's great to see that living on as well. All right, uh, Samil, um, that's been an amazing run through. We've done it very rapidly. We've got it done. It's half an hour and we've learned everything we need to know about the new standard and we've learned which access point we should be putting up on the wall as well. So thank you for coming along and spending some time with us. Um, what would you recommend uh, for anybody who's interested in learning more? Um, reach out to our sales team, see try by. Um, you know, we'll be showcasing this at Cisco Live as well. Uh, it's it's a very popular AP. Our sales team are excited. We are excited. Uh, we've opened up orderability and, you know, the product starts shipping um, uh, next month. Um, so in April. And so yep. definitely, you know, uh, look forward to, you know, uh, talking to your sales team and asking for more details. Love it. Samil, thanks for taking time out for uh, your second go around on the on the Meraki Unbox podcast. Uh, it's been great to have you with us again. Same here. It's it's always fun. Thank you for having me. Uh, looking forward to you know any more podcasts that we can do. Oh yeah, we'll think of something. There's always something new. That's that's what you can be sure of. So, thank you uh, to you, everybody listening, uh, for uh, joining us on this episode. We've learned a lot. Uh, on this one. And I'm so excited about Wi-Fi. Uh, it's amazing to me the way it just keeps on evolving um, over time. And and as we've said, with the new devices that we're all addicted to that or that we use for our work, you know, we want to have as much performance as we can. And so it's inevitable that, uh, that the infrastructure has got to move with the times as well. So uh, as we indicated there, we will be um, showing this off at Cisco Live in Las Vegas in June. We're super excited to be getting back into in-person events again. And uh, obviously, we would love to meet you. So if you're coming to an event, if you're coming to a show, let us know. We'd love to uh, love to talk to you, see what you think of, uh, of what you've seen. Um, also, as far as the podcast is concerned, as I always say, if you've got any ideas for episodes, content you would like us to cover, or if you'd like to be on the show yourself, uh, do reach out to me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter where my handle is at Meraki Simon. And I would love to hear from you. We, uh, we always get some really interesting feedback about the, the show. Uh, and it's so great to see the audience staying consistent. So thank you very much for being a subscriber to the podcast. If you're new here, welcome, welcome. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, until then, stay well, stay safe, and bye-bye for now. <laughs>